2: Welcome to El John's La Liga Weekly. So down comes the axe. For only the second time this season, a La Liga coach is sacked. That'll teach Geitzker Garitano a lesson of winning a game and taking athletic ninth in the table. His replacement, Marcelino, says his first job is to confirm the much-heard rumour that Robert Lewandowski was in fact born in Barracaldo Get him in and they'll be shooting up La Liga's table. It was Derby weekend in the frying pan of Spain and Betis well and truly feck it up when they should have won. Most shocking in the who-will-take-it shenanigans was that it turned out that Canales was too tired to take a penalty. What are you doing out there? (laughs) Elsewhere, it was job done this weekend. The big clubs grounded out. Barca delighted to slide past Huesca 1-0. Atleti needed a Suarez goal to beat Alaves. Great bit of business that, by the way, Barca. Bartomeu's parting gift to the rest (laughs) of the football world. And I didn't know this until recently, Terry, but it turns out Zinedine Zidane, who's the manager of Real Madrid, is a totally different person from the Zinedine Zidane who used to be a player. Because that guy was really stylish and attacking and all of that, whereas this guy's a perfect manager. Just, you know, if you really want to grind out a win over Celta Vigo at home with 40% of possession, an easier man. After all, there is only one stat that matters. Uh, so thank you very much and though you haven't been listening to us podcast listeners over the the course of the Christmas and New Year break we were there we were there for free on the Patreon site you could have joined us you can join us for money we stick some free stuff on there as well so it's patreon.com slash ltel. so thank you to the Patreons we've got some new ones Terry Um, we have got uh, Michael Redmond so thank you very much Uh, Loi Waffa Think that's pronounced. sorry if I've mispronounced some of these some of your names, everybody. But feel free to come on and, and correct me. And Muyoma uh, Mutemwa again. Sorry if I've got that uh, wrong. Nathan and John and everybody else. So thank you to all of the Patreon. So thank join. You. Feel free to, to join. Well, do join in. Please join in because then we can. Um, then we can eat again. We can go out to restaurants and bars again, Terry, but yeah, just not yet. <laughs> why not?
0: No reason why not. <laughs> uh, right. So, the big
2: news of the week, as I say, Terry, only the second time this season. It's interesting without fans there waving handkerchiefs, isn't it? Uh, the, the managerial uh, security uh, improves. Uh, so Garrettano out, Marcelino in, a uh, couple of reactions. Uh, Uh, I-B-E-S on Twitter, which is Barcelona fans. Uh, Pity Geitzker was never able to manage that Copa del Rey final. Fair point, it is harsh on him. It's a harsh sacking on him. Uh, Maradona forever. Um, Marcelino could have managed any of the big four, so it's a big acquisition for Athletic. Also a good point. Mm -hmm. Here's one from from Dylan, who's an Athletic fan. It's interesting to see how he likes our squad in a 4-4-2, which is an interesting tactical point, isn't it? Because Marcelino, very successful coach, not necessarily in terms of trophy, well, not in terms of trophies, but in terms of making teams better, in terms of improving the points output of a team. He pretty much has always done that, except his very brief spell at, at Sevier. My my thought on I've got twin thoughts, and they're sort of contradictory. I've got a lot of sympathy for Garetana, because they're ninth in the league. He's battling yeah. with a not a brilliant, it's not a classic a crop of players at the moment for athletic, and we all obviously know the the, the Bascone limitations. Um, but my Usual argument against the sacking is that clubs sack someone without knowing what they're going to do. Whereas obviously Athletic in this case knew that they must have spoken to Marcelino. He's a really good coach. He he and Valverde, the best out of work Spanish coaches. So they've got one of those. So in that respect, it does, it makes some sense, but it's still harsh. Is, Is that a fair, is that a fair assessment?
0: Yeah. I think it was too tempting, wasn't it, for Marcelino to be there and, Seeing what Athletic are going through now, it appears that the loss in the derby um, on New Year's Eve, at home to Rob Saucydeb, was probably the turning point. And then the decision to sack him after yesterday's game would have already been made, pretty sure of that. And in saying that, you know, it's harsh. You know, you you win a game of football, you still get the sack. But they weren't inspiring yesterday against Elche. It was, they ground out the win. I think that's my biggest criticism of a, Athletic under Garitano. I, I don't recognise their identity. And I yeah. know we, 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 you know, we have sympathy for him because he hasn't got that traditional number nine um, since Adder is retired. But there are still options there for him to have been able to install an identity into the way that Athletic play. And I think he's just about got away at times, you know, when the pressure was on, they nicked a win. And then it kept the pressure off for another three or four games and their pressure builds up. Then they nicked another win just in the nick of time um, just to keep him in, you know, going in his job. I think the players played for him. I don't think there was any question of that. But I, I think it does need some definitive guidance on how you can take a good, really good squad of players forward. Good senior players, good young players coming through. But I just don't feel I saw enough of an, an obvious identity with what he was trying to do. And how athletic they're trying to play.
2: So, Dylan's point about Marcelino, he's, he's always played a 4 4 2, hasn't he? I, yeah. I can't remember him not doing that. So, how does it, how does what they've got now fit with that
0: off the top of your head? Well, Via Libre, Ineki Williams would be mm. the yeah. two obvious ones. They're the two natural centre forwards. You have Raul Garcia that could play that role as well. Um, you could play, yeah, you know, there are, there are the options there. Kino Codro is at the club that. Hasn't played much. Um, so there are... There, there, I think Inyaki Williams and Libre would be the, my yeah. my preferred choice if he was going to play two strikers up front.
2: And he has sort of played a 4-4-1-1 four, four, one, one at times, hasn't he,
0: I think? Yeah. I think it hasn't
2: always been too pushed right up the top, has it?
0: No. Yeah. And you could play then... Ica Ine- uh, Mignone could play off of yeah. Inyaki Williams. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: or Via Libre dropping deeper. So you then got the pace of Inyaki Williams threatening in behind. Um, it'd be a narrow midfield four as well, which is what he tends to do, um, attacking fullbacks, um, I, I believe we'll see a clear identity pretty soon. Um, I think they've got a, 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 a... We can say that they're, they're ninth in the table. You know, they have played 17 games. There's one or two teams below them that have played less. There's one or two teams above them that have played less. So I, I wouldn't necessarily use the ninth position in the table as something that should keep him his job. I think Athletic Club, with the players they have, uh, and a tradition, um, but I think with his current squad of players, ninth shouldn't be, you know, the ceiling. They should be looking to, you know, compete with someone like Real Sociedad, their their rivals, who are currently in third position. So I think Athletic, you know, should be pushing, always pushing for European football, particularly with this squad. I wouldn't be saying it if they didn't have a good squad of players, but I think they do. Right. And I think it, perhaps the change was was needed. It was just drifting on a little bit too long, wasn't it? And I have sympathy for him not managing in the cup final. Um, that, you know, that is extremely unfair. Um, but we're in a weird situation, aren't we, in terms of the world of football and the Copa del Rey final from last year.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Which we don't know when it's being played, do we? Because there's no fans. Yeah. They're, they're waiting for fans. Um Oh, no, it could be years. it could be like two years from now different players <laughs> i mean at least they're pretty stable clubs aren't they so in terms yeah. of p- uh, playing personnel so it will be largely the same players who got them there isn't it but it is a ludicrous situation isn't it but then yeah, like yeah. you say you yeah, the world is in a in a, in, a, in a strange place at the moment so let's have a look at hang on, I'll, I'll do the old share screen thing so the for you um, podcast um, only listeners you won't uh, get this. I'm basically going to put the league table up, uh, Terry, as we, as we chat. Um, there we are. I've gone with the BBC one this this time because it doesn't have adverts in it, so it's not revealing what my wife's been uh, buying on, online. Um, <laughs> uh, so there we are, Atletico Madrid, our top of the league. Uh, there's, a, there's a gap appearing, isn't there? Uh, I know uh, Atletico, Atletico, if you haven't got a table in front of you, uh, played 15, yep. 38 points. Uh, Real Madrid played 17, 36 points. And then we drop it down and then the rest mm. then so Real Sociedad Villarreal Barcelona Sevilla they're pretty close together because that's they're also a descending order of games aren't they so Real Sociedad have played 18 Villarreal 17 Barcelona 16 Sevilla 15 so yes. you could very much say it as a two and then a four um, in terms of the table uh, at the moment because the the, the the big three got the job done as it were where do you want to start Should we start with Atleti um, yep had to work hard made to work <laughs> hard by Alaves weren't they and and um, Typically, I suppose for the for this season, Urente and Suarez were the, the, the key players yeah. for them.
0: You say mate work hard. I think they made hard work of it themselves, right. yeah. if okay. I'm being perfectly honest. Mm. Because there wasn't a lot from Aleves coming, particularly in the first half. And that's when the Atletico had the, the domination, superiority, and should have been, you know, once they go one 0 ahead, you're thinking then. And, and you know the commentary on on TV was that's 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 it now game done and dusted. And then Laguardia gets himself self sent off, and Atletico still one nil up. And then we finally saw Alaves spring into life. Um Hosselu and Lucas Perez, surprisingly, omitted from the starting eleven on the bench. They entered the, the play. Alaves suddenly had nothing to lose. Started to attack a little bit more, and Atletico were, were rocking to the extent that. Late in the game, um, when Lucas, uh, Felipe scores the the goal, I thought it was Lucas Perez at first, but it was a a clear own goal. Um, You thought then, you know, seriously, Atletico are going to drop points in a game where they're dominated from two thirds of it, playing against 10 men. Um, But I thought they showed a little lack of urgency. I thought they were untidy in the, the attacking half, particularly in the final third. And they had to. When they did show some urgency, they were, I wouldn't say fortunate enough, because they've got the players, they've got the quality to come up with a winning goal that that saved the day. But it wasn't, it wasn't an inspiring performance from Atletico. Far from it. Um, one, I thought that they thought they were going to win comfortably, having taken the lead. The way that the game was panning out, the sending off, and they just took their foot off the gas a little bit, and allowed Alaves to, you know, sneak back into it and to the extent that you know, you thought it, before the goal, before Suarez's goal it was one or two chances for Alvarez to actually limit. Mm. Uh, that's how much that game turns around in the last 20-25 minutes so a bit of a mystery why Pablo Machine didn't use the, the two first choice strikers um, in the first place with Hoselu and Lucas Perez playing Davison up front on his own kind of, it will be similar to how we talk about Huesca a bit later when uh, played against Barcelona, where there was a, a fear factor from Alaves playing negative, playing defensively, and it wasn't until their backs were up against the wall, down to 10 men, that they opened up and started to attack a bit more, which kind of, I know it sounds daft, <clears throat> kind of took Atletico by surprise a little bit in this game. Yeah. So they were in a, in a slumber, Atletico, They you know, they were just coasting through, and all of a sudden the dynamic changed, and it it was a, a crucial goal from Suarez in the 90th minute to take all three points because that would have been two big points dropped if they'd drawn, only drawn against Alavis in that game.
2: Yeah, but as, as the old cliche says, the, the kind of one you look back on at the end of the season, or actually, to, to be fair, the kind of one you totally forget at the end of the season because you didn't drop the points in it. Yes. It'll be exactly. the kind you'll look down, you'll say, I mm, can't remember that one. <laughs> yeah. you know, Suarez winner, effectively, so... Uh, that's what he's there for, isn't it? Um so Real Madrid's.
0: The equalizer was the Felipe goal on the 85th minute, wasn't it? So that yeah. stage, you think they've only got five minutes to hang on. You know, yeah. they're down to ten, they've got the equaliser. There was a terrible goal for Atletico to concede. it was four against two, um, a half decent crossing to the near post, and Felipe and the pressure Lucas Perry slammed it past oblak. Um, and then you're thinking that's it. Atletico are not gonna you know, mm. they're gonna you know drop two points, but credit to them after me being critical of them. Um, they showed the, you know, necessarily uh, gumption to somehow, you know, get up the pitch and, and provide Suarez with a chance. Great good. cross from Felix as well. Yeah, good word.
2: Gumption. I like it. It, it, it sums up uh, Atleti. Uh, so Real Madrid uh, beat Celta by uh, two goals to nil. The only other team, Celta, of course, to have sacked the manager in the course of this season. Uh, Eduardo El Chacho Caudet, as we have to call him, he uh, signed. <laughs> so they, they they had more of the ball. Celta, they, they lost uh, Aspas, who everybody loves, yeah, um, to an injury. Nolito, I think, picked up an injury. I'm, 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 I forgot we're to judged. check out how they are, actually. Um, yeah, 50. Aspas,
0: 51st minute. Yeah. Nolito, 64th minute. Yeah. Um, that was um, when they were 2-0 down. So two big blows.
2: And uh, Vasquez, uh, young Lucas Vasquez, uh, got a goal. <laughs> and uh, Asensio... <laughs> I say because if, if you haven't followed us, uh, he, he seems like the youngest. You always think he's young, Lucas Vasquez, don't you? In fact, he's, <laughs> he's older than James Rodriguez, isn't he? Which is because <laughs> Hammer seems to have been around forever. Uh, but, you know, also, and, and another player, I was going to say this to you, Terry, the Nacho played well in this game. <clears throat> Unsung. You know, the fact that Lucas Vasquez and Nacho have had this longer career, picked up the silverware that they picked up, is. Twofold. One, it's a great testimony to their hard work, determination, versatility. It also partly shows you that it's not necessarily a glittering version of Real Madrid at the moment, is it?
0: Yeah, no, I, I, it's, I think it's a really good point you make about those two players. Nacho made some really good defensive blocks. In fact, it could have been 1 0. Aspas dinks Courtois. Nacho clears off the line. Yeah. And then within seconds, Vasquez is scoring up the other end. So, you know, those two players, I I agree with you to to, to a point, but I think it's also a a lesson, isn't it, that you do need those soldiers, you know, the ones that are acceptance, who accept their position in the squad. Yeah. You know, now I'm not, don't be too critical because they're players, two players I really respect and admire. But if we put Nacho in centre-back at Vidalid, I'm not sure we would be thinking... He should be playing for Real Madrid, you know. Yeah. He's got yeah. five lead. he's doing really well. It, it, that wouldn't be the case. Same with Lucas Vasquez. But I think uh, particularly with Zidane, he needs though, you don't have to spend what I'm trying to say, you don't have to go out and spend 50 million on a player that's going to be sitting on your bench, yeah. giving you grief every week, you know, moaning because he's not playing, rightly so in my opinion, um, not getting an opportunity and, and becoming a nuisance for you. You in those two players, you've got two players that are Real Madrid through and through now. Um, irrespective of where they've come out and come through and, and whatever where they were born and stuff and they're accepting in the fact that you know they're not yeah. they're never going to be first choice and you see Nacho plays now he, he, he's a, a lighter version of Ramos you know, perhaps he doesn't get the goals at the other end but he has done so in his time at Real Madrid he can be a nasty sod at times when he sticks his foot in I think he was responsible for the challenge on Aspas that yeah. effectively put him out of the game um, and you know that he's, a, he's an eight out of 10. He's not going to make any obvious mistakes. Um, and he's he's a warrior, he's a winner. And the same with Vasquez. You know, the players that have come and gone during his time at Real Madrid, they've got more talent, but not the work rate, not the application, and don't want to accept being on the bench. Yeah, he does. And, and two of them are, are having, you know, sensational careers, been involved in a successful period at Real Madrid. And they've not just served the purpose, they've served the club well. So I have a lot of admiration for those two. Yeah, versatile. versatile, And
2: and seemingly decent fellows as well in, in terms yes, exactly. of being part of a squad.
0: Yeah, yeah, and perhaps the, the bigger squads around the world need some more of those. You know, it's all uh, well and yeah. good stockpiling players that cost you 50, 60 million plus. Huge salaries, huge wages. Um, and this goes to show that even Real Madrid, perhaps arguably the biggest club of the lot, need these two players that come through their system that have... You know, willing to to sacrifice and and you know do the job they're asked to do. Maybe that was what going back
2: in time when uh, Florentino came up with the the
0: whole um, yeah.
2: was it Zidane and Pavon. Um, yeah. That's this is the kind of player. You know, Nacho and Lucas Vazquez are the kind of players he had in mind. For... But they
0: were the difference. There was there was going to be half a team of Zidans and half a team of Pavons. Yeah. Whereas Nacho and Vazquez are squad players. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, you know, they, they wouldn't be, you know, they don't start in the strong, in the Gala 11, as it's called in Spain of Real Madrid.
2: Um, Asensio?
0: Much better. Yeah. Yeah. Much, much better. Mm-hmm. The last two or three weeks has been much, much better. And, and to the extent that I was getting the hump with him moaning, saying it's a long process because he, he's had long enough. Yeah. Um, and I was getting frustrated with seeing the ability that we've seen him provide over the years. Um, like years, not, not loads of years, but enough years to suggest that he was playing below par. And we saw an instant response when he came back at the end of last season, that you know, cracking goal, I can't remember who it was against, when he, you know, they were going full steam for the, the title yeah. When he was back and scored a fantastic goal. And, and I expected more this season, I have to be honest. And we're 15, 16, 17 games in for teams now. It's taken him until round 15, probably, to get anywhere near, near his form. And now, you know, thankfully for, for Real Madrid and viewers of football, we're seeing the, the, the Asensio pre the cruciate ligament injury. Yeah. And, you know, I think he makes Real Madrid a better team when he's in top form, um, quality player. They just need Hazard now to, to, to make that, you know, front three that we've all been waiting to see for such a long time play together um, with Benzema leading the line.
2: And uh, so let's let's crack on and do Wesker versus Barca, then, shall we? And as I said at the top, sort of, it, it is a question. Job done, isn't it, for the for the big teams? Barca. Right, here's a thought that goes slightly against the grain on this. They dominated possession in the first half, yes, and it looked very much like they were dominating the game. But actually, when you try and pick out how many chances they created in that first half, not many, because I, I think that they. I think they do things too slowly when it really matters, and I think as a default, you should play at quite a high tempo, shouldn't you? Should, should you? Is it reasonable to say you should play at roughly the, the tempo that your technique can handle? So you should be trying to move the ball quickly, you should be trying to move the opposition around quickly. Whereas, even though they inverted commas dominated that first half, not quite sure. You know, Pedri missed a header, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but they, they they weren't raining down shots on goal. They they, they weren't hitting the bar. They they weren't carving open chances. They, they, they had Wesker pinned back. And actually, when Wesker played better, Bar- the, they, were, they were therefore more open and Barcelona actually looked like they might score later in the
0: game. Yeah. I think that what we saw from Wesker, which I thought was slightly disappointing, that, and I understand Michel after the game saying that we like possession of the ball, but against Barcelona, it's not going to be possible. So he was quite happy. I don't think, I'm not sure whether it was his intention or whether it was the players retreating yeah. They actually had two two banks of five in the first half, and the play was exclusively in the uh, attacking half of the pitch for Barcelona, and that is really hard to break down when you get a team that has no interest in pushing mm. forward. You know, even having in a counter attack, the the, the centre of the pitch, the centre of the penalty area becomes really you know clogged up. There's no room to to manoeuvre. So you know, it was a surprise that Pedri's missed header was similar to the chance that the young finishes. Whereas was the player running from deep, um, yeah. as opposed to Braithwaite, who's was leading lead the line. So Messi drops deep, puts a cross in, and De Jong, at first you're wondering if he was offside, and then when you see the replay, five yards onside, mm-hmm. such was his, and that, that's what happens sometimes, you get two banks of five, or two banks of four, bodies back behind the ball, and people think, assume someone else is going to be picking that runner up. It seems bizarre how you, you get a player unmarked. Like the young was absolutely defenders back. Was it Suani <laughs> uh, fell over, didn't as he? As he tried to make a run with him, didn't he? Fell over.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So it is it's tough for Barcelona, but I, I, I agree with your point, Toby, that they don't move the ball about quick enough. When they get 1 near ahead as well, I think they even slowed down because they, job done. You know, perhaps the Hreska are going to come out now that'll open the game up. Um, the first goal is always crucial for the team, particularly Barcelona in this case. That are no, they're playing against an opposition. They have no interest in attacking and scoring a goal. So once they get their first goal, there was an element of Barcelona slipping off the pace a little bit. And yeah, I agree with you. I think there's fundamentally there's, there's still plenty of issues for Barcelona. And the fact that they I think it was 70% possession in total at the end. Um, and you know they didn't make the goalkeeper Alvaro Fernandez played well. He made a fantastic save for misses free kick. Yeah. His best free kick of the season so far. Um, but in, in total, there wasn't that many world-class saves needed from a, a goalkeeper who was in good form. So, you know, Huesca opened up a little bit in the second half and that's when you think the Barcelona are going to take. But they're untidy in the final third, yeah. you know, and there's still this reliant on on always passing the ball to Messi, even if he's not the best option. And there were times in the second half where, you know, Jordi Albert in particular, he's, he can cross it behind the defence for a brave way, but he's... Always looking for that cutback. And Messi just runs towards him. And Messi ends up getting getting the ball in the penalty area. So we know the position I'm talking about. To the left of the penalty area, near Jordi Alba, three players closing him down. And and the the, the attacking chance has sort of lost its momentum. So it was it was an okay performance from Barcelona. It, I don't think we learned too much from you know, Pedri was good, the young was good, Brave was didn't for an awful lot of them Belly was hit and missing it. Untidy, Um, so it was. I don't think we learnt an awful lot from Barcelona in this game. Other than they used the option of playing about four, yeah, as opposed three. There was any difference. Understand, be sorry.
2: uh, Dembélé frustrates me probably more than any other Barcelona player because of his ability, and then because, as, as you described, the whole performance, just not the amount of times he does something good, and then plays a lazy pass or, or, or he was in on goal at one point, wasn't he? And he, and he sort of, I think, I sometimes wonder whether he's got too many things going through his head and he's, he's thinking of so many options because then he just miscontrolled the ball it bobbled up off his knee and now the goalkeeper came and and saved at his feet. I just think, you know, it's just bursting with ability. Um, But a, a little bit of the Neymar's about him just doesn't look after the ball. And and doesn't make sure that he does the, the next thing properly. That he, so every, every then he had a flash of brilliance, followed by something giving the ball away in the same off. move as
0: well. Yeah, he'll beat yeah. two players yeah. and then yeah. put the cross behind the goal or, yeah. or out, uh, have a heavy touch and runs it off for a goal kick. I I, I love watching him play, um, but it's he's got to tidy up. He's uh, become more professional in that outlook.
2: Yeah,
0: you know, I'd realize the importance of not messing up something that is so easy for him to do it's not like we're asking him to then you know you beat two players then to go and beat the third and beat the goalkeeper you're saying you beat two players now make sure that cross is accurate make sure you pick the right pass you know make sure you pick the right delivery into the penalty all things he's capable of doing so hopefully from his point of view and Barcelona's point of view that he does smart and he's got tidy his game up
2: uh, the Seville Derby, never quite the same, is it? Because we had a discussion off-air uh, off, off air about whether we were going to do a special for the Basque Derby, but it's not. It's, it, 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 technically it's a Derby, and I know as a fan of one of the clubs it probably means a load to you, but from the outsider's point of view, looking in at a Derby, you want the noise, the colour, the rivalry, the everything that goes with a Derby match, and you just don't get it played in an empty stadium. That said... Good game, actually, wasn't it? Betis yeah. uh, versus Sevilla. Betis, much the better in the first half. Is that a fair yeah. way? Is that a fair yeah. assessment? But yeah. then Suso gets a goal. Uh, and then we have the, the whole Canales, who, who's going to take the penalty? So Canales takes a penalty, slots it away beautifully. Yeah. And then the second penalty that they win, which is, the se- I'm right, the, sec- the, the second one was a nailed-on penalty, wasn't it? The first one yeah. was a bit iffy. Um, Fekir wants to take it. It's not entirely sure
0: Pellegrini came out. He got, he got fouled, didn't he, as well? Yeah. He got fouled. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I'll,
2: I'll give us give your thoughts on that in a moment as well. If you've been fouled, are you more likely to score, or less likely to score? Pellegrini said that they have two penalty takers and that Canales was, was tired. What? <laughs> I mean, what, what? If you're tired,
0: go off. <laughs> no, you, you haven't got to be that full of energy to run up and... Three yards and hit yeah. ball. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so that didn't. That didn't. That's no not, excuse. Yeah, that didn't ring true, did it? They were too tired no. to take the penalty. So, so Fekir took the penalty,
0: <laughs> and it was reasonably comfortably saved, wasn't it? I mean, Canales did come off eventually because he's only yeah. come back with ten minutes to go. Yeah. Um. But up at that point, when the penalty was taken, he was still full of running. He was the best player on the pitch. Yeah. Clearly, Bettis is best player, and also I think the best player on the pitch, which says a lot for. His performance, when you look at the, the quality of the opposition um, as individuals and as a team, there's no excuse. I mean, I mean, I, I, I have no issue with, um, I don't think because you get fouled, you've earned the penalty, you deserve the right to take it. That's a nonsense, first mm, yeah, and foremost. Um, sometimes you can get fouled, and you might be hurt, then you shouldn't be taking the penalty. Yeah. That That's common sense. Um, I don't mind the issue if you get two penalties swapping the, the takers I, I must be honest because you've had I know we saw Carlos Soler this year it he got three didn't he against Real Madrid yeah. Yeah. Um, but sometimes there might be a player in Canales that scores a penalty and then they get another one pretty soon after and you're thinking do I fancy the, the mind games against the goalkeeper do we let Fekir take it, it was a quality player um, I trust him to take it it's a whole different scenario then isn't it with you know two different players facing each other the problem with this one is Fakiri hasn't been the player that he was last season, hasn't scored a goal, he's not playing with a lot of confidence and it smacked of a player that thought, right, I've been fouled, this is my chance yeah. to score. Yeah. Everything's going to be all right when I tuck this penalty away. I'm going to be the hero in the derby and it was a dreadful penalty. Um, Bonner makes a decent save, um, but it wasn't a great penalty. So ultimately the decision is wrong because he missed. If he'd scored... We'd be briefly mentioning in the, the episode on the podcast that I was interested in the change penalty takers. It worked. You know, I mm-hmm. didn't make a save from either and B did. It, was, it wasn't a great penalty. Um, and I thought Betis were unlucky in the severe Severe improved in the second half. Um, Bratic came on, made a difference as well. I think that was important. Suazo's goal, we should have to talk about that. That was, you know, quality goal. Yeah, okay, it closed yeah. down. And this really weird cutback, but the pass, you didn't appreciate it until you saw the replay. Um, it was a side-footed pass from the edge of the penalty area from a cutback. Um, from long distance as well, wasn't it? It was a long cutback. Um, the precision that Suso finished it with in the bottom corner was immaculate. So there was a, a classy finish from Suso. But I thought, you know, probably in the end, just about po- possibly a, f- a fair result, I think. When you consider Betis are at home, Severe away, all those situations. But Betis were much better in the first half. In general, a much better performance from Betis than what we've seen recently. They up their game for the derby. Severe was slightly below par, um, but scrambled their way to a draw.
2: Yeah. Yeah, here's a, here's a thought. Too late now, but should they should have rescheduled all the derbies to the end of the season, shouldn't they? Just in case we had a chance of getting fans back in. But... But then, uh, on a wider point, football has made virtually no allowance for the fact that we're in the middle of a, a pandemic in terms of changing fixtures, rearranging fixtures, or anything else. Everything's just got to be crammed in. And obviously, in the Premier League, with games being called off, it's now you're starting to look at the calendar pretty hard, aren't you? Now thinking, how yeah. are they going to fit all these games in? FA um,
0: Cup, League Cup as well. And there was Spain, about yeah. have the the of the Rey, they've got the Spanish Super Cup, which is kind of.
2: Do we need that? Yeah.
0: on? No. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's uh, no, it's interesting. Lots of sports are the same, aren't they? We, we're getting two US Masters up in the same year. No, oh, NFL right. was yeah. all over the place. Extra player teams in the playoffs. So everyone's having to make do. So La Liga TV do their best with the, the fake crowd noise and the fake crowd. Um, I don't so like. Kind of you can. I know you can kind of get. It's not. I, I still notice difference when I hear. No one in the stadium. And you yeah. can see no one in the stadium. So I know it's not ideal, but I prefer that to, I can pretend it was a, a normal derby. It
2: yeah, was, I know. Be, and wasn't. you're in the majority. The, no. the viewing figures are better when there's fake crowd on it than when there's not fake crowd on it. But yeah. I, I, I don't like it. My the I, I like the realness of actually oh. hearing what's actually happening. And yeah. I know that there are no supporters in there. And I sort of don't want to... I don't want the fantasy of forgetting,
0: but people do. It's been a big loss, you know, for a lot of players, isn't it? I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast. You join a club sometimes with a big history and, and, and they've got one of the main reasons you might be joining, apart from the Monday footballer's money, um, is to play in front of these big you know, stadiums, the big crowds and stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, young Pedri at Barcelona is playing in front of empty stadiums as yeah. it helped him. You know, perhaps the nerves yeah. might have been bigger if it had been an eighty thousand, you know, camp now with, with everybody in there. Um, there's players that have, you know, signed for, you know, Real Madrid, for instance, and they're playing at their training ground <laughs> since yeah. they've joined. And, they've and, been playing at the Bernabeu. Yeah,
2: and managers <laughs> who've been
0: and gone at clubs. Yeah,
2: without ever seeing a fan. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. uh, Tony Pulis at Chef Wed, for example. Never set yeah. eyes on a on a Chef Wed fan in his whole time <laughs> no,
0: there, in and out. No, so you kind of uh, forget that because we've got the fake noise and the fake yeah. crowd and the stuff. You think one of the reasons a player might join a Barcelona, Real Madrid, or Sevilla, Betis, any of the big teams, is to go and play the attract one of the attractions is to go and play in front of, you know, big crowds and passionate support. Um, likewise in the Premier League. But so many players are, are missing out on that, you know, opportunity where they're playing. I'm not sure Braithwaite has played, has he? Too many games in do you want to transfer did, window? He
2: went because he died no, in February, didn't he? It was yes. yeah. He was an emergency, yeah. So
0: he probably didn't play any of those games. Yeah, And then, sort of, March, we had to shut down. And then, so he's, he's you know, and the, the opportunity. Hoping like to that.
2: be gone before the, the cranes <laughs> <fans> get
0: in. <laughs> he ain't, I promise you, they ain't, ain't moving him easily. He said that straight away, didn't he? He got, he got his four year contract, he's not yeah. going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Right, we
2: we will, for podcast listeners, we will take a quick break and you might even hear an
1: advert. From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend?
2: Uh, right, so we've got the rest of that Liga to talk about. Uh, you know what I want to talk about? Who I want to talk about, Terry? I want to talk about Brian Hill. And now we've talked about him <sighs> briefly before, yeah. haven't we? So this is not brand new. But he was very much the hero of the day, wasn't it, This, this... I was going to say a slip of a lad. He's beefing up a bit, isn't he? I, th- I think he's, he's been in the gym, hasn't he? He's looking a bit stronger. It doesn't look like the wind is going to blow him over. <laughs> yeah. uh, when he first came through, saw him play at Sevilla, looked like, you know, the, you know, a gust of wind and he'd be off in the stand. But uh, So he, he, he's obviously on loan at uh, A-bar. He scored both the goals in a victory over Granada, um, following up on a penalty for the first one that had been saved. Uh, but there was no... It wasn't a shock that this performance was as good as it was because he has been, his, his form has been developing really nicely through the season.
0: He has. I mean, uh, I've been banging on about him for a few weeks and people can obviously realise that i hopefully, you know, a fan of Brian yeah. Hill. Um, and he, it was an interesting interview. I don't know if you saw it in La Liga after the yeah. TV, after his game. He said, look, I'm, I I, know I'm skinny and frail. Um, I'm trying my best. But he said, I hope my attitude, you know, does allow me to compete Against players who, who you know have more physical attributes, that's a, it's a state of mind as well. That you you don't have to be built like a tank and, and go around knocking people over. What well, his job is, his game isn't going to be about that. His game is going to be about withstanding those physical challenges. And and there's two ways you can do that. You can look after yourself and be strong enough, which it, it does appear to be. Um, or the second one, which is the much better option for. Football watchers. He's had brilliant speed, brilliant skill, loves taking on defenders. Even the first goal, how quick did it? I thought he must have encroached
1: mm.
0: because he got there so quick. You know, it's a good save. And um, Rui Silva makes a save and then as a, in a flash, he's there and you're thinking... I, I, my immediate thought was <clears throat> they're going to have to retake that or, yeah. or it's going to be disallowed because he was so far ahead of anyone else. Um, but when you saw the replay, he didn't. And he was just, you know, he's so sharp. Perhaps we don't use that word enough as well now, sharpness, you know, in, in terms of describing a player. But he's, he's terrific to watch. Second goal is brilliant as well. Um, he's playing for a team who I wasn't sure that he was going to fit their style. Yeah. Maybe disrespectful to Mendeleba. Um, And I did worry that I hadn't seen him at Leganis last season alone, where they struggled and he got... More playing time at the end of the season. I did wonder whether against Abar was the right choice, um, and it's proving to be. He's playing every minute. You know, Abar Mendilibar can get him on the pitch. He's an important player, and he's making Abar a better team. So, and what's going to happen with him with Sevilla? Yeah, I don't know.
2: Right, but next season he will be. <clears throat>
0: he, he
2: will surely be a, a, an important part of Sevilla's team.
0: It's competition for places, though, isn't it? Mm. I mean, they've spent big money on players that are older than him and ahead of him. I mean, Oscar Rodriguez was good last season on loan at Leganes. He's ended up at Sevilla. We've barely seen him. Yeah, such is the nature of the competition with you know Campos and Sousa and Navatorres, Munir, they all play in the wider positions. But I think that the Sevilla certainly need to to have a plan for him for the next season, yeah. which makes you wonder why did they buy Oscar Rodriguez? If they had some idea that you know the two of them were alone at Leganes, Oscar Rodriguez played more, was the better, um, but he's older. And then you think, why did Sevilla you know pay the money for him when they had Brian Hill? Yeah, but they because obviously they didn't thought the he wasn't see ready. the potential. Yeah, yeah. or I, w- I would suggest they didn't think he was ever going to be ready.
2: Right. Okay. Hmm.
0: Because I don't think it's a big enough age gap between Oscar Rodriguez and Brian Hill to think that we can have them both. You know, I think it's one or the other, um, and Oscar Rodriguez isn't playing for Sevilla much, so I think that there's, it's going to be tough for him. Um, but the way he's playing now is, he's, he's uh, I mean, oh, don't get me wrong. I've always, I always watch Ava, always watch him all the Spanish games. But I must admit, now at the moment, it's, it's. I would say to me, even last night, uh, Barcelona, I'm not playing great. Sunday night with Messi on the on the, on the telly. You think, mark oh, got to watch it, must watch. I'm getting like that now with Abar, with Brian Hill. <laughs> <laughs> you think, oh, Abar on Brian Hill. I was disappointed the last game, I think, he was injured and yeah. didn't play. So right. that's my sort of mindset at the moment is, oh, Abar, is Brian Hill playing? Yes, oh, I'll watch that. He's that good. Trust me, people. If you haven't seen him, he's a throwback.
2: Right. So if Severe aren't going, if he's not going to play... However, many games for severe a good amount of first to be a first team key player. I hope he does. Yeah. So what would then what would happen to him? You don't want to. It would be a regression to go and have a season, as you say, like Oscar Rodriguez is having. So what would you want him out and loan for another season? Would you? How much would it take for someone to come and buy him?
0: I have no idea. It's a really it's a confusing one because it's similar to Kubo, isn't it? Yeah. Um, who we'll we, we talk about I'm sure when we talk about VRL um, and Hatafé coming up Yeah, it's about getting the right loan deal another year on loan maybe someone like if you're Brian Hill a VRL or Valencia maybe a step up from Abel another year Yeah, but then you have the the competition for places which Kubo is suffering from at VRL this season so far and has not played so it, it's, it's, a, it's a delicate one if I was severe I, I would only sell him if it was a You know, a big, big transfer fee, Um, 25 million plus, um, at least. Um, And there won't be many, I don't think, that will be willing to risk that on a player that's in his first full season. Um, So, therefore, it might be another loan option. Um, But the way he's playing now, I would suggest he's good enough, playing well enough to actually be considered to be as good, if not better, than what Sevilla already have.
2: Uh, so let's talk about the other teams. So Villarreal beat Levante two one. I, I, I realize I've not written down Hetafe. They lost, didn't they, to uh, Valladolid? So, um, yeah. and the rumor is that Kubo might be stopping his loan at Villarreal and going to Hetafe. So yeah. cleverly combining those two games um, and the styles and and where they're at. Is that does that make sense for him to go yeah. to Hetafe?
0: Yeah, it does. I'm slightly bewildered as to how he ended up at VRL in the first place Mm. because they they changed the manager and then... So the manager had time to decide who he wanted to bring in and it's quite clear that that Erno Emery didn't want him. Yeah. Um, And perhaps didn't feel the need to bring him in. You know, when he looked at... Erna Emery probably looked at the players he had available in the wider positions and players that can also play in those wider positions. And and I, I... I'm slightly bewildered as to how Kubo ended up there. So I would imagine that that came from the, the upstairs of VRL. Um, it wasn't a good choice from Real Madrid's perspective as well, because someone there should have said, well, where's he going to play? Because you've got Chukwazy. Andi Veres has gone out on loan from VRL to Huesca. Um, you've got Moy Gomez. You've got Gerard Moreno who can play wide. There's, there's, they had a number of options that if you're a VRL are preferable to playing a non-loan player youngster from Real Madrid to enhance his career and his reputation and his value on behalf of another club.
2: Yeah, and he's not a 20-goal player yet, is he? No.
0: So do you play him at the expense of Chukwazy? I don't think so. Um, Because, you know, Chukwazy is your player, similar age and you will enhance his career and his value, and you want to enhance his abilities in terms of, you know, playing on a more regular basis. So Hatafé, I, I would imagine, it is, a, is a good choice, and they need, they do need that little bit of magic on the right-hand side. I mean, that's going to make a big difference to Hatafé in terms of, I don't know if it's going to work or not, but when you have, you know, Damien Suarez and Neon down the right flank, you know what you're going to get. Kubo might bring them something different, and it might be, give us an element of where Baudelasse is, is trying to develop Hatafe because they're they're underperforming this year. The home defeat against Weidelid. Um they lack that creativity. They've got enough players to do the hard work. Hatafe need that special player to open defences up. And Kubo showed at Mallorca last season that he has that possibility. We haven't seen it very VRL. Hopefully, he's playing time at Hatafe. Um and, it, and to, you know Hatafe need to start improving to get nearer to where we think they should be in the league. But it, a good win for VRL, Fernino, promising youngster, sent to forward another one that's getting opportunities because of the injury to Alcassar and, and Backer uh, and Gerard Moreno with his ninth goal of the season to put him tied at the top of the Pachichi charts with Aspas and Can't remember the other one. Luis <laughs> <laughs> Suarez, the one that... yeah, yeah. Lee Luis Suarez, yeah. not yes. the Granada that's one. It.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so one more game to talk about Real Sociedad 1 Osasuna We haven't talked about Osasuna much because just where the games have fallen I think uh, that we've sort of missed them out a bit Good result uh, sort of Calamitous uh, Osasuna goal in a way wasn't it um, Real Sociedad like, almost tackling each other in the penalty area
0: uh, Yeah I don't know <laughs> And uh, then that was weird, Jose, thinking. gets the blame yeah. You know when you watch it on telly they focus on the player that they're pinning the blame on Yeah So the yeah. goal is scored I'll describe the goal in a minute The goal is scored just prior to kick-off, there's a dejected Sanya, isn't it, the centre-back? Yeah. The camera is focusing on him as if to say, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think it was. I thought that was harsh. Um, William Jose, I can explain it briefly. I think they must have defended a corner because he's back near there, isn't he? Yeah. He's in his own penalty box. The ball is wide but deep and he gets the ball and he had a couple of opportunities to clear it, didn't they? Yeah, sort of a the
2: position, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes, yeah. but this big centre-forward decides to go on a dribble across the face of his own goal. And when he's under pressure, he's seven yards out and he shoves the ball into Sanyu, thinking, I don't want it, <laughs> who then hasn't got time to sort his feet out. Great closing down. Um, it's Ruben Garcia with the, the closing down and the ball break free, breaks free to Caleri to thump home from 10 yards out. Um, give giving you know Ramiro no chance in goal. So that was down to William Jose, the centre forward, dribbling across his own six-yard box when he had ample opportunity to to play the ball forward. Um, so that was it was a that was a blow to Rail so they're finding goals hard to come by.
2: Yeah.
0: Um in recent months now. And you know it was uh sooner who you know managed to keep all eleven players on the pitch this time. Um are showing signs of their being at their their formidable best in terms of being aggressive, competitive, direct, closing down, good spirit. And they showed that in abundance in this game to get a well deserved draw against a, a very good team in Real Sociedad. So, Baron Ocea, another young player that I think is full of promised potential, another big fan of his. Um, got the goal for Real there, but Ostersuna deserved the draw in that game.
2: Have so we'll a look at the uh, league table again, then. So, and then you can t- give us your verdicts at the bottom. Now, obviously, uh, Valencia haven't played yet. They've got uh, Cadiz, haven't they? This evening,
0: big game.
2: Uh, And so, Valencia are, as we look at the table now, Terry, are in the drop zone. Um, I mean, what a shambles. so we've discussed it many times. But we'll see how they get on. In fact, we'll come back and do something later in the week. So we'll have a quick look mm-hmm. at uh, look back at that game. So, Wesker are bottom, but it's close, isn't it? Huesca win two games. Uh, they're, tw- I, know, I know they have only won one all season, uh, but they're only six points behind. Who is it? They're six points behind Levante's Levante thirteenth, yeah. yeah, and Abar have got nineteen points to Wesker's twelfth. So that's the whole of the bottom half. So Abar, Cadiz, Levante, Alaves, Vaidoli, Hatafe, Elche, Valencia, Osasuna, Wesker. So uh, I'm not going to put you on the spot and say name three teams to go down because I don't think you can reasonably no, expect to think, do that. Yeah, I don't think
0: there's a, a one outstandingly bad team this year no yeah that, that Huesca might get cut adrift because they need to start winning more games yeah um, but they're still competitive who knows what's going to happen in the transfer window um, but I wouldn't write anybody off yet that's why I was hinting at the the aspect of Athletic Club being in night position when I mean, they're 21 points 6 points above relegation so that middle of the table and the the, the bottom half, you know, even Betis, twenty points, five points above relegation, it's quite deceiving at the moment. And and when the the, the, the games do settle down, when we we'll someday get to the stage where all the teams have played the same mm. amount of games, <laughs> because at the moment it does have a, a little slant on the, on how you look at the league table. But from as you say, I, I got Athletic Bilbao in ninth and twenty one points, six points above. Rele- relegation above Valencia. If Valencia, Valencia gets something in the game against Cadiz, that gap would be even smaller. So if you look at five or six point deficit between, you know, normally you know halfway through a season. If you're five or six points above relegation, you're looking over your shoulder. Yeah, and we're not far away from that halfway point at the moment. So I, I find it really difficult. I, if I was a betting man, I would. I still hate to say it, but maybe the three that came up. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's a reasonable starting. Even point Even though they're time, in different positions
0: yeah. in the yeah. league, yeah. and I thought I did hope for better this year. But the start that Cadiz made, the start that the the, the promise I saw from Elche, I think they'll do some work in the, in the transfer window. Um, and then you see Huesca with just a one win. You look around the others and you think, well, can I see Osasuna going down? Don't think so. Can I see Valencia going down? I don't think so. Catafé are down the bottom. No, I think they've got enough to survive. And you kind of chop away Leventi, Alavis, and you're left with the three that came up. So, right. so you haven't. It's not an expert opinion. Yeah. yeah, I'll go with the three that came up.
2: Yeah. yeah,
0: And I did predict Cadiz would struggle when they were top or second or yeah. third after <laughs> a few weeks. Yeah. 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 But it's a massive, critically important game for Valencia and Cadiz on Monday yeah. evening. Yeah. So
2: enjoy that one, everybody. And then there's a game Wednesday is uh, athletic at home. They actually took two really tough games at the start of um, Marcelino's career. They could have done him a favor by keeping Garitano for another week, couldn't they? And let him have these <laughs> couple of games. The trouble is if he'd won them, yeah. then 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 where would you be? Um so enjoy those games. We'll be back with some I think we'll probably uh up for uh, doing a Q&A later in the week. So uh, get your questions. Uh, into us i'll put it out on twitter so that's at driscoll fc and at la liga underscore weekly as well and patreons you can send it through the patreon site and um because of the way of the world because you've got more money than the other people you get priority that's just <laughs> it's just how the world works everybody <laughs> i didn't design it it's just money talks so the patrons same site- Yeah, yeah, the Patreons, big clubs get the better players. That's how it it goes. The Patreons get the first questions. So we will be back. So thank you very much. We love you all. And uh, thank you all for listening. And we'll be back with more from La Liga uh, later in the week.
1: I need to ask you a few favors. In the kitchen, there's a spider stuck between the window and the screen, and I know it's dead, and technically it's outside, but it's still freaking me out. Can you flick it out or something? Also, just to save some money and it's super easy, could you bundle your home and car insurance with GEICO? Last thing, could you take the holiday decorations down? Yeah, I'm one of those.
0: GEICO. For bundling made easy, go to GEICO.com today.